0: Hello, everyone. We still don't have a proper jingle or intro. We're on episode three and we are so ad hoc, we don't have a proper intro or jingle. We either apologize or um, tell you your okay. <laughs> it Opinions are divided, aren't they, when it comes to podcasts? What's more fun to have a lot of uh, structure or to have no structure and just beat around the bush like we do? Or beat the bush you yes. <laughs> know the bush i think this sounds bad let's restart <laughs> <laughs> you know what no we promise people no anytime we feel the need to edit or restart we won't do yeah. it because that just means we're lying to them so that's right this is
1: who and we that are exactly well and we were having this conversation before we started about so um, just full transparency to anybody listening or watching is that my grandmother passed away. I've been here so, taking care of her through hospice. Um, and I'm I'm in my grandfather's office right now. Okay. And, you know, I, we're going through the grieving process. I'm in the numb stage right now. So that's the one where you just kind of, it isn't real. I'm still talking to her. But, you know, you and I talked about, do you share that? Do you give people that context? I had been telling my family, we really need to be wearing black armbands because some of the things
0: we say this is why i'm I'm wearing this today i genuinely went and changed before we met because i thought you know it's it's bad enough that we do this frivolous thing in the middle of something that big but i don't want to be wearing something super pink for this oh you're so thoughtful
1: um but my but but also passing and living your life and ending your life and your life ending those are that's real human experiences we can't pretend that that doesn't happen, and yet we live our lives as if it doesn't. And, <clears throat> you know, to me, this has been a privilege to hold her hand and care for her um, as a reciprocity for everything she's done for me. So be honest about what it is to be human.
0: Thank you for that, I Really thank you for that. I know you're a bit reluctant anyways, because it's, it's not seen as comme il faut. It's not seen as a thing we should be doing as professionals. And that's insanity. Absolutely bizarre. Um, And it's almost like there are these... There's this middle layer in the knowledge industry where you have got to conform more strongly, if you wish. When you first come in, you can come in a little more cookie or young. Although people tend to start conforming very fast and start impression managing fast and start taking on the behaviors of the organization and so on. But when they first, first come in, they're full of beans and themselves, right? But then we, we put them through the mail and they start believing that the only way to be at work is being professional. Mm-hmm. And it kind of if we go through the history of this, it's just a hilariously insane mass psychosis we all have uh, that it involves a certain type of dress code, a certain type of mm, behavioral pattern that's uh, including a certain set phrases regarding how people are doing. Um, and then obviously like a handful of cliches so that we we interact. We're not really interacting. We're just kind of presenting these artifacts of non-real communication to each other in the middle of impression management. And we do that almost through our entire work life without questioning it. And it isn't until we end up being either much older or much more senior, let's be honest, or much more secure or independent or fed up or fine. One of these things happen and you go, nah, I've been wearing the things they've been telling me. I've been doing, trying to use the language they've been telling me still nothing. We're still here. They're still not buying these big things. And I, for one, have signed out of it very recently. And, you know, people would think that I was out there all along and so on. I wasn't me. I was keeping it down. I was toning it. I was attempting to be, you know, kind of at least the the more cookie side of professional. Um, and like we said earlier, I don't think I ever passed. I never fooled anyone that I won't really care and I'll calm down and I'll have these board meetings when I will elegantly. And I look, I can, I could, right? I could potentially. I've done this during my life in corporate, uh, corporate environments. I can, I can fake it for a minute or two. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't, I think I've won the right to never fake it at any one point to just say what I think. I know I'm saying the right things. Why shouldn't I be saying them louder and while wearing pink? <laughs> oh, that's what we are but
1: i mean i i had the same have had the same experience where i work really really hard on uh fitting in on um is you know, staying in that box and then the feedback <clears throat> consistently was that i was quirky and it pissed me off because i'm like i have been trying so hard to be just a normal and you're still calling me like, no matter what I do or what I say, you're still calling me quirky. And so, and that just, it just made me so mad. And I would ask like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Like how can I just like shave those parts off me or dim those parts of me? And I think when people hear this type of language, these types of conversations, they think in extremes. So I had this conversation with someone yesterday. He said, well, you know, I think we've, we've over indexed where people are being, you, you know, they're bringing too much of their authentic self at work. They're, oversharing they're they're you know c- crying okay or whatever and i'm not saying everybody just like unload all your childhood trauma like we're actually trying to get work done right but think about how much more productive you are when you could be yourself oh i did i win did i win
0: apologies gonna <laughs> happen again yeah, no, don't edit that. Don't edit that. So, indeed. So how much more different would that be if we didn't have that constraint? Right. But,
1: yeah. Isn't that the purpose of the work, the human work, is to create a space where we can do that, right? Uh, you know, call it the fearless organization, call it a culture of courage, call it psychological psychological safety or a psychologically healthy workplace. Whatever you want to call it, you can't just tell people to be authentic without having They're feeling the safe enough
0: to do so. Absolutely,
1: exactly, exactly. And so that's the work that you, we do is trying to. We work with organizations to create that space so that we can get the most. I mean, ultimately, this is to get the most out of your biggest investment, which is the humans at work. Right. If you imagine, if you had bought some kind of machinery and you um, turned you only gave it enough power to be able to work at 30 percent and then you just yelled at it to work faster but you weren't giving it the power or the energy it needed to work at 100 percent. that is a huge waste of investment
0: we have been. Ding 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 ding! I want another ding. Ding 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 ding. ding, ding. You, yes, uh, the clapping sound. I was actually looking for it, but I, I have uh, I have tried one of these in my podcast with uh, my husband the other day, and uh, it ended up only playing in his ear. And the, the, the look of shock on his face—I will not try that again. So, it's <laughs> so not 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 safe. Um, I am not sure if we've over-indexed. I think. Look, we have, you know, there are plenty of people out there that are now uh, sharing things on LinkedIn that you are, we would think are questionable, but I would rather we question that instinct that makes us immediately go, well, that's not professional. I would question that. I would say, I'm sorry, what if this person showing you his two kids has destroyed your day, stopped you from work, made you think that they are incapable or not very good at their job? dropped your respect of them why because they were sharing something of themselves well they had balls and you didn't so you know i i tend to think that there's it it takes an extreme amount of of intentional courage to show up every day and you also Mm -hmm. have to keep yourself supremely responsible so you don't show up wrongly so you don't show up in virtue of inertia which is an easy thing to do when you fight for these big things and you feel like there's no point and you're Sisyphean, sisypheanly pushing this boulder up the organizational hill and people don't really want to work organizations don't really want to do this where does that leave us and it's it's hard right so you have to kind of continuously. Keep yourself accountable to really care, because if I show up to any of our conversations or in conversations with my team or a client and I'm not really there, I don't really feel it and I can't really apply myself to their situation to find the, the things that will much faster make cultural change, we won't be getting anywhere. And uh, I, I am waking up every morning in fear that we are late. There are multiple organizations out there that will genuinely not make it out of this period because they've been making wrong moves. And one of these wrong moves just this last week has been, obviously, um, as we've all seen, what, what Zoom has, has, has uh, found it in their heart to announce. How, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, I think that uh, change is hard. I think change is hard and, um, control is, is a, is a fear response. So, uh, what are we trying to control? Why are we trying to control instead of trying to control people? Why don't you think about what's holding them back from being, from doing their best work? It isn't because they haven't been controlled enough. Um, it isn't that this, the data does not align with that mindset of people are more productive, When they're more, when they're observed physically, are there ways to create a connection virtually? Of course. Um, But it takes purpose. It takes change. It takes thought. Um, But there's absolutely ways in which you can create the connection that they say that they want. But we all know what, what they want. What
0: they want is control. Yeah the connection that we all say that we want and that, you know, anytime that we go hard on management, my next instinct is just almost out of a sheer sense of uh, everything has to be fair. That's, that's plaguing autistics. Um, I immediately kind of want, want to look at the flip side, which is we all are responsible for some of this courage. We all are responsible as professionals for working with ourselves to have enough self-awareness and enough um, kind of belief in ourselves and enough uh, respect for our work and and passion for what we're doing that we build an, a personal brand at work. I keep saying this. It sounds insane. Oh my God, I don't want to be a creator. No one's asking you to start doing dances on TikTok. And by the way, TikTok is not only for dances by far anymore. That's another topic we touched on earlier. But but you could at least go and ha- hear the the place where quite quitting starting the place where um, the the wording around the Great Resignation has 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 distilled working your
1: that, wage working
0: one. your wage all of these things have come from that particular source of culture and the fact that it is completely devoid of anyone in HR and or any conversation about our life at work, that's my head in and in general. The, the, the space is devoid. Look at LinkedIn. We we do a lot of videos that are informational. We'll let you know. We do very little of this ad hoc chatting. And I, I want to ask you, why isn't it the other way around? If we talk about transparency that much, why don't we have work talk where all of our non-essential, non-secret meetings are live at all times? What are we hiding? Let's see interactions of other humans. Just the same way that you see live from someone's house or some dog walking on a path. Why can't I see this is another team and this is a a product team talking about design and this is a product team that talks about... I just want to look at people working and get a sense of how they feel and then they know that they are being teaching others potentially. Why not? What are we all hiding?
1: Imagine the employee value proposition for potential talent if your tick tock wasn't check out our break room ha 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 high five we crushed it like all that fakeness but rather you know give it give an intern uh a, an opportunity to have a channel give give a new hire give a recently promoted leader um an opportunity give a customer an opportunity to talk about uh hey i worked with them today and this is my experience uh, Here's Joe. Uh, you know, let's talk to Joe. Like that's the realness that I think people are. When we see authenticity, that's what we mean. Right? Yes,
0: we don't mean fake. No, so, or an no exaggeration. No, or or an exaggeration of of oversharing of super personal no. things. You know what? Every time that developers go, "Oh, I'm just a personal, I'm just a private person," you know, my reaction is a part of that is their neurodivergence that disallows them from having a social interaction with ease. And I completely understand that. I live through that. A part of that is the permission they got from the workforce, from the workplace to not care about the human work and not, not consider it part of their remit as professionals. A part of that is that we are overworked, we're tired, we have bloody COVID, no one's interested in doing even more. But... I, I think it's the time for all of us to go. Where am I going personally, but as, as a professional, what do I want? Um, and where do we? Where are we all going? I don't. Not another one. See where we're going. We're going straight into our other alarm.
1: It's like we're being timed. All right, next topic. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. We have so much to
0: cover. Clearly, <laughs> that's what that was. Yeah, we are so on time. Our alarm told us that we are waffling. <laughs> So, but, so
1: talk about- but, yeah, but let's talk about that and the labor it takes to not be your uh, be yourself, right? The labor it takes to suppress your thoughts, to suppress your emotions, to suppress your opinions, to suppress your questions, to hide if you're going, if you're grieving, to hide um, if you're having just a bad day, if you ha- hide if you're just feeling off to hide a reaction you're having to something that somebody else is saying. We don't, and here's why we do that, uh, or one of the reasons is we don't equip people with the skills to basically understand what's happening and be able to articulate in a way that is productive. So what happens? We suppress it until it implodes either internally through sickness or through uh, burnout or externally in the ways in which, which can look like exploding towards other people but can also look like the other trauma responses flight uh freezing and fawning right so we we can we we, that energy that we use it just the 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 research shows when we do that masking the perfectionism all of that our well-being our sense of self decreases exponentially and uh, then we can't really then, what authentic self are we being? Let me add one more thing in my little tirade. I'll get off my box. But um, when I tell people that practicing self reflection, there's research on practicing self reflection, that's just checking in with yourself, seeing how things are going. One study showed that after 10 days of just doing that for 15 minutes a day, there was a 25% improvement in overall well being. When I share that, the number one response I get is when I ask them, why don't we do this? I'm afraid of what I'll learn. Wow! So we hide
0: even from ourselves. <laughs> On that cheerful note, <laughs> you know what I will say. I have a very interesting relationship with the idea of of um, masks and presentation. I've spent the vast majority of my time in in um, college studying it, and then out of it, and then obviously our work on people not tech has meant a lot of trying to to really distill what does impression management mean, and is it really a negative behavior or not? And I think it's really important that we we understand, like I said before, that there there are positive ways in which you, you present yourself, and we all have a certain amount of kind of call them presentation artifacts and presentation formulations in our head that we want to work with. And that is perfectly all right. You should operate with those models. And in fact, um, going further with that, then it, it kind of, what I couldn't quite understand from a, from a conceptual point of view was, if we, if impression management is so horribly bad and it's a negative thing to have, then um, that's fine. We should just be these fake selves at work where, kind of by extension, being professional and wearing this mask is okay. But here's why that's not true. Because if I decide to wear a mask, um, that is a self-imposed decision mask. I wanted to present myself to the world in a certain way. That isn't a mask that protects me. That is a mask that enhances me. That's a mask that allows me to present myself to the world. When you impose a mask upon me, you give me one to wear, most people will reject it in particular people who are neurodivergent in particular people who are having, and most people have a touch of PDA, which is pathological demand avoidance. Like, you don't know, tell me what the hell to do, right? We all have that moment. Um, so I think it's really important that we become, uh, how do I put this, intentional about thinking how we show up. And I think this is important at work and it's important in society and it's important with the advent of AI. It's the time to take stock of who am I as a professional and how am I showing myself? And I think I've done a lot of this work. I was just coming out of a very severe burnout that I've dragged myself out of with kind of just self-discipline and reaffirming purpose. You know, the the, the old things we know work, but we don't apply um, necessarily. And so I, I had just dragged myself out of that. And I was trying to kind of understand my my brand all over these things and which people hate me and which ones don't really. That's kind of your, your, the, the first thing you want to find out. And what I realized was, one, I've been, like I said, catering to this middle ground, which is insane because no one bought it. And then secondly, there are, there are a, a vast majority of professionals in the knowledge industry in almost the exact same situation or even worse situation, much worse situations, because they don't have the liberty to do these experiments like I did. They don't have the knowledge and the the ability to pick themselves out of burnout like I did. They don't have the platform and the seniority and the black of f's given to wear pink anytime they like. They are in situations where they can't express themselves as freely. So my heart goes out to those people. But I think that when we make it, when we make it a rule at work. That you are okay to be human and you are allowed to present yourself however you feel is comfortable whether that's super sharing super unsharing super authentic super not but you come in with all heart and all all mind into that team that's literally all we need of you and it's time that we rethink around that i think
1: yeah so i think what you what you were talking about with picking our mask or picking what's important. And you mentioned purpose. So the research shows that the best way that we can be our authentic selves is to be connected to our values. So what is my purpose? What is my why? Um, Susan David has this video where she talks about this as well, and she covers it in her book and and her writings, but um, there's all kinds of scientific research behind that. Which shows that when we can get regrounded into what's important to me as an individual, and then I live that right, I choose that. We bolster ourselves against the biases of other people judging us for not being the professional from their bias perspective. We we get realigned to what's important to us, and then we're better able to be that Brazilian. high performer, right? That's right. The, the second piece is that it's a. It's a two-way street, which is <clears throat> it isn't just um, getting right It's not just it's just not just about me feeling a certain way. I have to create a space where other people can too. And so again, uh, there was a study that looked at how do we create cultures of courage? How do we create spaces like the kids say safe spaces. And that's being collaborative and is the highest one. but the second one is getting to know the human. That I'm working with. So again, when we when we're authentic and we get to know the authentic person, it actually makes it more s- safe to bring that person. So it creates this flywheel um, that then can uh, you know gain traction within the organization.
0: And I think this is a really important point you've made. And it's maybe this is one of our I would say it we can use this as a as a practical tip for the day, which is. It amazes me how many um, learning and development training HR or whatever other type of people functions that um, spend time on these purpose realignments and they end up being these um, very stiff corporate level, whatever we wrote in the marble, we repeat it together in a town hall and then we go home with rearranged purpose exercises, which that's my head in, because if you are burning the, the, the idea of purpose, which is already being ridiculed by your people that are disengaged, which is already being seen as fluffy when they are so busy and they're so overworked. If you are taking that idea and then making it even worse by making it yet another informational town hall that nobody cares about, just take, took their time, you are making it even worse for your overall purpose. But what's even worse is you've missed on an opportunity to find out what those mini purposes are of the humans in your team. And you're not going to do that in a town hall. You're going to do that in each of your teams. But if you're a team leader of any kind of team and you don't know what drives that next guy, are they trying to buy a house? Are their kids trying to go to college? Uh, Their passion is to just buy more guitars. You have no idea or or they're trying to save the world because the ESG is is where their heart is or they know we're like us, they're crazy enough to want to save the workplace. If you know what drives that human, and you can help stack that up for them, it's literally the one most easy way to ensure you have a human that stays put and is the team player you want. So well, the fact well, that we miss on those opportunities, do it at the team level. Ask, but what is really what's Where do you? Where are you in fifteen years when you sit down with your spouse in the evening? What? do you see ahead for yourselves, for your life? Who do you want to be? And then if we know about each other, we can work together. That's right. That's also,
1: I do this exercise in my training. Uh, Have you seen Ted Lasso?
0: Yes. Okay. All people are different people. It taught me something of very big value. All people are different people.
1: Right, right, (laughs) right. But one of the things, you know, he has that big sign above his door that says believe. And I asked, what would your sign say? If when people meet you, like, what is the thing that you are trying to accomplish? What is the thing you you talk about impression? Uh, That's not about impression. That shouldn't be about what do other people think of me? It's what do I want to present to the world? What do I stand for? That's what I should be managing. That's what I should be managing. Am I showing up and and representing the thing that's over my door? Right. Uh, And everything else
0: about how other people see me, perceive me, they own that. That's, that's, on that's, that. that's exactly that's on it. I love that. I love that. That is so empowering. And you know what? We hear it a hundred times a day. Oh, my God. Feel your strengths. Um, you know, inhabit your uh, empress. Whatever crap they're telling us to do these days with the Barbie movie. But the truth is that until you have found a way to do that, and each of us have a different way and different reasons why we can or we cannot. But when you get there, it genuinely feels, look, it's not they happy and easy, but it, it feels lighter and it feels like at least you're saying your truth. You don't have to prepare. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to consider all the potential um, kind of alternatives in which it would go wrong. Just say the thing you believe in, the thing on top of your door, like Alessandra says, and then you know that no matter what they say, you're, you're doing it. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: and also, ironically, that saves time. Because the stuff that's not aligned to that, I don't have to care about anymore, right? I, you know what? That's fine. Bob sent me an email that really pissed me off. The old me would, you know, start getting worked up. Context. How does that impact whatever is over my door? I don't have to worry about it. I, I don't have to spend time on everything. I just focus, right? It helps us get refocused, regrounded in that. And I think for our secret society, I think it's important for us, as the professionals who are trying to do this work within the organizations, to be clear about why we want to. What, yeah. what what's over our door? Is it you know? So we need to be clear about our purpose because the other thing that that sh- the studies show is that that bolsters us against the bias of others. Otherwise, we start, especially in functions where there's a bias against us as, as a, as a department, like HR. Um, we start to absorb that. We start to suffer from compassion fatigue, suffer from toxin handling, suffer from imposter syndrome and loneliness. And so if, if we can get regrounded into our why, then we are better emboldened to do the work and sometimes make the tough decisions that it's not going to be possible here.
0: I like that one. That's that's the decision we should be a lot more open about a lot more often. Just the other day I was telling Anna. A CEO who had just recently been brought in, um, we were working on a really big transformation, medium-sized enterprise, and um, I, I, I had to to present him with the idea that maybe you're just you shouldn't be there, and he he was shocked. He was like, "Surely we can turn this around." And I said, "Absolutely, we could." The question is, do you want that? payment. I mean, is this something mm-hmm. for at your, at your level of life that you want to be doing? You're thinking 10 years into, you're not starting from zero, you're starting with so much human debt that cleaning this is career suicide. So you have to think, do you want to do that? Oh, and the, unfortunately for people, when they see the truth, they see what their people need, they see what the human work entails and how necessary it is for technology. Once they see it, they can't see it. And I, I almost feel half guilty. I I know all HR professionals feel guilty because once you open other people's eyes to what the human work is and why it should have been done and how much injustice we've left in the human debt, you, you can't leave it. You, we're going to have mm-hmm. to do something about it for the rest of our days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay.
1: I think that's a great way to wrap up our I'll yes, talk.
0: right on time, aren't we? That, that's one thing we'll never go over 30 minutes. You can trust us to be sooner rather than later. So we'll see you next week. And meanwhile, please sign up. Talk to us on the forum um, or on LinkedIn. We're dying to hear what you're living through. And we have a couple of people that should come on the next episode as guests as well. Thank you. Bye.